Welcome to New Hope's teaching podcast. This is an excerpt from our Sunday morning service. Visit newhopepdx.org teaching for notes, worship, and church announcements. Stay up to date with our teaching series and events by downloading our app. Just text New Hope PDX app to 77977. Enjoy this week's lesson. Well, New Hope, you are in for a treat today. A friend of mine named Ashley Bell, who's the local and global outreach pastor at Cedar Mill Bible over on the West Side, she has agreed to teach us today. So she's going to be wrapping up our series by focusing on the word listen. And you'll definitely want to listen to her because she is a gifted teacher and communicator. Ashley is an excellent pastor over at Cedar Mill, but she's also worked at the Portland Rescue Mission downtown and has worked at um, Multnomah University. She just has a lot of experience and has journeyed with Jesus for some time now. And you'll find that she's not only has a wealth of wisdom to share with us, but she's also super fun too. So would you welcome Ashley? Hey, New Hope. My name is Ashley Bell, and it is so good to be with you this morning. Um, Before, I've been to New Hope, and uh, I'm so glad that Kelly sent me directions, or I wouldn't have made it to your new building. I would have gotten lost. I am directionally challenged, which is one of many things that you will get to know about me. So I'm grateful for directions whenever I can get them. Um, A little bit more about me. Hannah gave a great introduction. I recently got a puppy named Asher. He is the light of my life. As someone who doesn't have uh, actual human children, I have a pup son. And he is great. He's 11 months old. He's super cute. We both like taking long walks and watching Murder, She Wrote. Some of you who are younger probably don't have any idea what Murder, She Wrote is, but J.B. Fletcher is our jam. I have lived in Portland for a little over 10 years now, and I um, am a diehard Portlander. I love the city, but you know what? I don't really love the Blazers. I'm actually a Laker fan. I know some of you have probably just turned off the video right now or just tuned me out, but that is the truth. I love the Lakers, but scripture says you have to love me anyway. Um, I am a Multnomah Seminary graduate of 2010. Um, And then after that, I spent some time traveling and working at several jobs. Most recently, I worked at Portland Rescue Mission in 2019, from 2017 to 2019. And then the Lord um, actually impressed upon my heart to leave a job that I love and to seek his face for the next 40 days to find out what's next. And I felt strongly during that time that I wasn't supposed to look for another job, but that I was just supposed to be with the Lord and listen and pray and hear what he had to say for me. And that was really hard. Um, I hadn't realized how busy I had become until that season where he asked me to stop. 
And so I never set out to work for a church, but in the middle of those 40 days, Cedar Mill kind of reached out to me and we started engaging in relationship and talking. And by the end of those 40 days, I ended up being a pastor. And so today I share all of this because I'm going to be talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and that is hearing God. And hearing God can be hard, or maybe I'm the only one that feels, feels that way, but I suspect that I'm not. Hearing God becomes even more challenging when we start reflecting on the deeper meaning of what it means to hear and to listen, which is what we're going to do right now. You know, let's start off with a little background. Um, we're going to focus on the meaning of the Hebrew word Shema. Say that word with me, Shema. One more time, Shema. Good. Shema is to hear or to listen, to focus on or to pay attention to and respond in obedience. So it's not just this thing where we sit down with our headphones on or someone's talking to us and we just hear what they're saying, sound waves entering our ears. It actually requires much more than that. It requires action. Now more than ever, it's important that we keep our ears and our hearts tuned and responsive to what God is saying to us. And we do that so that as his people, we can accurately reflect who he is to our city and to our world that is crying out for healing and hope right now. How many of you have seen that in the, over the last year and a half, two years, three years, maybe even over the last four to five years, you've seen the world groaning for help. And so without fixing our ears and hearts on him, we can't seek the good of our city or be salt and light wherever God places us. One of the most important and difficult things God has charged us with in this season is to hear him and to hear one another. This is a challenge, and it's a challenge that God has always had. Um, God's people have always worked through this challenge to navigate how to deal with the world, how to heal with God. And so while this may be new to us, it's not new to the people of God if we look back and read through Scripture. We see this throughout the Scriptures. But this morning, we're going to take a look at Deuteronomy 6, 3 through 9, specifically verses 4 and 5, which are known as Shema, which is a prayer that Jewish people have been praying throughout the ages. And the prayer gets its name because the first word of this prayer is hear. And so, as I said before, Shema means to hear, to listen. But before we read the scripture, we're going to go to um, just have a little background, a little context. So in the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, maybe some of you have read the book of Deuteron De Deuteronomy or at least parts of it, Israel was once again on the edge of the promised land. They were encamped across the Jordan River, not far from the Canaanite city of Jericho. And here Moses reviews the Lord's covenant and laws with the new generation. They had just been given the Ten Commandments. And Moses was calling the people to sit up and take note on what he was about to say because of how important it was. 
The fact that Jesus would later call it the greatest and most important commandment was a big deal. Moses said, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. It was vital that the people got this right because if the Israelites were going to survive, and this is true for us again, if they were going to survive and thrive where they had been placed, for the Israelites it was the promised land, the family unit would have to become the primary place where faith and love for the Lord was modeled and, transfer and transferred. Parents, of course, and pastors and people of the church are to teach God's commandments and statues regularly to the people of God in everyday events and of life. So let's read Deuteronomy 3 through 9. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you and a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And this is the word of the Lord, Deuteronomy 6, 3 through 9. Sometimes when I picture Moses with the Israelites, I get this visual of the old Verizon commercials. Some of you may remember this and some of you may not. Um, and there's this guy and he's running around to different places. He's in like a swamp land. He's on top of a building and he's saying, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And he says it so many times over and over again because he's waiting for whoever he's talking to, to actually give a response, to know that he's been heard. And this is basically what Moses is saying. Moses is saying to the people, hear me when I say this and respond in this way to let God know that you have heard him. And so the five things that God was asking them to do in response was to love, to teach, to talk, to bind, and to write. And I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of all these things because I think what I really want to focus on are the things that keep us from hearing and responding to God. But before we do that, God said, love, teach, talk, bind, and write. And he meant this literally. It wasn't a metaphor. He was actually calling them to love God to make God their first love, to love one another. He was calling them to teach, teach it to your children, all the ways of the Lord, teach it to people around you. For us, it's like teach it to people around you so that they know, talk about Jesus. That's the third one, talk, talk about this. Don't be afraid to share faith with one another. We must be people that talk about it. 
He goes on to say, bind it. And really what bind is, is to really just make it a part of you. Put it on your body so much so that it becomes a, a part of who you are in the everyday. And write. Write it so that it's ever before you. Don't ever forget. How many of you would agree that we are a forgetful people? It's why through scripture, God is always reminding us, remember when, forget not. Remember, he says that a lot because we forget. And so we're to write this, this stuff down and live this out so that we never forget what God is asking of us. And I think in this season, we have forgotten. We've forgotten what God has asked of us. We've forgotten to love. We've forgotten to teach. We've forgotten to talk. We've forgotten to bind these things on our lives so that they become a part of our flesh. And we've forgotten to write them down. And because we've forgotten to do this, we see chaos in our world. We see chaos in our churches. We see chaos all around us. And so that's why I wanna focus on the three things that keep us from hearing and responding to God. And this isn't, uh, you know, a list of everything, because you could probably think of some more things that maybe aren't on this list. But I think in this season, as I talk with people and as I look at people at churches and I look at my friends and I look at the news and I hear all the things that bombard and surround us every day, I see these four things really coming to bear. And the first one is busyness. Busyness does not always equal fruitfulness. Over the last year and a half, as businesses closed and churches were closed as far as the buildings, but the churches were open and functioning, um, that affected livelihood. But I think God is really trying to remind us in this season that he's not calling us to be busy. Busyness does not always equal fruitfulness. And sometimes when I think of busyness, I, I'm often reminded of Mary and Martha. We've all heard this story a million times. It takes place in Luke 10, 38 through 42, where we find Martha is busy serving and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I think sometimes we can use this scripture to shame the doer. And I don't think God was doing that. I don't think God was trying to shame Martha when he told her that Mary was doing what is better. I think he was trying to remind Martha to prioritize being with him over doing, over serving. And here's why. Because when we're being with God, when we're actually with him, we can hear from him clearly. How can we know how to serve or love our neighbor or love our families if we're not taking the time to seek God's face for his wisdom, for his love, for his care? We're just out there doing all these acts, thinking that they're going to lead us somewhere or earn us favor or help us gain whatever we're trying to get. Really, it's okay to stop. And I think God has asked us in this season to stop and reprioritize. He's actually asked us to, to flip our paradigm from doing to being first with him. 
I hope that makes sense to you because that's where you're gonna get motivated to serve. And we know that in James, and we're not just to be hearers of the word, we are to be doers, but we are to first be hearers. The second thing that keeps us from hearing and responding to God is disunity. We see disunity everywhere we look right now. And most disappointingly, we see it in the midst of our churches. Disunity disrupts peace. And when I say peace, I don't mean this kind of fake peace where we play nice with one another. I mean it disrupts our shalom, the kind of peace that leads to wholeness, the kind of of unity that God prays for in John 17, that we would be perfectly one. The opposite of peace is anxiety and chaos. And when we are anxious and things get chaotic, it gets harder to hear the Lord above all the noise. This is why it's so important where Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 4, he says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which he, to which you have been called. He said, he goes on to say, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Because at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not you vote Democrat or Republican or if you do not believe in in critical race theory or if you do. At the end of the day, it's about the person of Jesus and what he's asked his people to do to love him, to love one another and our neighbor and to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. If we continue to live in disunity, hearing God will become harder and harder. So God asks us to put that down, put down the things that are keeping us separate, that are keeping us dysfunctional, that are keeping us out of relationship with God, that are keeping us out of relationship with one another and come to the table and recognize the unity that we have through the power of the Holy Spirit. In unity, we will hear God more clearly and we will hear one another more clearly. And that will lead to us loving God and loving one another in a greater and deeper way. The third one of these things that keeps us from from hearing and responding to God, I feel, is, is our pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Do you need Jesus? I hope the answer is yes. I know I need Jesus. We all need Jesus. None of us have perfected anything. None of us knows everything. And it is precisely when we start to think that we do that we stop receiving instruction and wisdom from the Lord. And in this season, it is so easy to think that you know the right way, that you know the right thing, that you know what's going to make the church better, that you know who's the right person to vote for, that you know this or that and the other. And God is saying, I'm the one that knows all. I am the one that's wise. And so our pride keeps us from going to God and saying, God, I need you. I don't have all the answers. Pride keeps us from telling people who are seeking answers from us 
from telling them, hey, how about going to seek the Lord first? I don't have all the answers. Our pride keeps us from hearing from the Lord. And thus, if hearing is responding, responding to the Lord in humility. And then there's fear. Fear often keeps us from hearing from the Lord. If hearing, again, reminding you that hearing in its truest sense is paying attention to, focusing on, and responding in obedience, sometimes fear can cause paralysis. I'm reminded of Peter walking on the water, and it was when he took his eyes off Jesus that he sank. Jesus was still there, giving him grace, extending to him help. But it was when Peter got fearful and started focusing on all the other things that he could no longer focus on what God had told him. And so in our fear in this season, and there is so much, I know there is so much that we can be afraid of. God reminds us that he is our king and that in him we have nothing to fear. In him we have wisdom. Now there's a difference between fear and wisdom, and I think sometimes we confuse the two. Fear is not wisdom, you know. Wisdom is wisdom. Wisdom does not puff up. Wisdom is love, okay? In wisdom, we find the things that we need to conquer fear and to move forward in Jesus. Don't let fear keep you from stepping boldly in an area where Jesus may be calling you to step. Don't let fear keep you from loving someone that Jesus may be calling you to love, especially if that person is different from you. It doesn't matter what other people may think about it. All that matters is that you obey in love to God. So fear. In some respects, these four things may seem impossible, but we know that with God, all things are possible because he is king. He is Lord of lords. And we need to remember that Jesus is our everything. He conquers pride. He conquers busyness. He conquers fear. He conquers all those things that hold us back, that keep us from entering into his promises. And he does this by his, for his kingdom glory. He does this because he's given us the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. There will be moments in this season where we may doubt this, but even Jesus conquers our doubt. Just because you don't believe it in the moment doesn't mean that it's not true. In those moments of doubt and frustration and fatigue and fear and conflict where we're prideful, remember that the Father loves you and that he is with you and that he's fought for you and that he's already won the battle. And that just as he's asking you to love him with all your heart, mind, and your soul, he loves you so much that he gave his life for you. Isn't that something? And so let's love him and let's love our neighbor in return. As you 
think about this and reflect about what hearing is in, in your own life and maybe how God wants you to hear, to focus on, to listen to, and to respond in obedience. I want you to really reflect on in this season, where has busyness, disunity, pride, and fear crept into your life and kept you from responding to God? When I ask myself that question, I know there are many, many things that I could come up with. And there are many things that, that I'm wrestling with in this season as far as those things. Busyness is one of them. We get caught up in the rat race. So I really want you to focus in on that question and ask yourself in that season. Spend some time contemplating being with God, really intentionally listening to him this week for what he has to say to you. And if you're brave enough and we know that God gives you courage, act on what he's saying to you. Invite somebody into that conversation with you and God so you can have accountability in that area. Because we don't have to do these things alone. God's created us for a relationship. He's put you in a body here at New Hope where you can go through these things with a partner. You don't have to go through life alone. And so before I close in prayer, I just want to challenge you to do that, and I want to thank you for having me, and I want to pray for you. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. You are King of kings, and you are Lord of lords. You are a God who hears us and sees us, and we just want you to know that we hear you and we see you. Father, soften our hearts and open our ears so that we can be more attuned to you in this season, so that we can be more aware of your presence in this season, so that we can be more aware of your Holy Spirit that's working in and through us. Help us not to hurry and miss you in our busyness, Father. Help us to see the areas in our life where we may be prideful, where we may be fearful. Lord, and give us the courage to engage those things. Give us the courage to invite people in to those areas of struggle with us so that we can work through them together as a family. Lord, we thank you and we love you and we lift up all these things to you. In Jesus' name, amen.